0: Hello and welcome to the Tech Narratives Podcast. My name is Jan Dawson. This is episode 74, the episode for Tuesday, October 10th. I have 11 items from the site to run you through today, and then I have four items in the roundup at the end as well. We'll kick off today with a couple of stories about Twitter. One of these I wrote about first thing in the morning, and then I updated the piece later in the day with some additional news. Twitter announced two new features, one of them coming soon, the other one coming right away. The first is a bookmarking tool. This really deals with the ambiguity of the current like button that started life as a favorite button and has been used by some people as a bookmarking tool but tends to send the wrong signal uh, when used in that way to the person whose tweet you're liking in that way. Uh, That's coming soon, it's not launching yet, slightly puzzling why Twitter isn't just launching it right away. seems a very simple feature, isn't going to break anything and will actually add some value. The second feature is a feature that says what's happening now, and this is basically a curated stream of tweets about a current event. could be a sports event, that seems like the obvious uh, use case. Twitter's learning here from what it's done with live video over the last couple of years uh, in terms of curating tweets around uh, a live event. Both of them good features uh, in principle. None of them really deals with the fundamental issue of Twitter. The second one's certainly closer to doing that than the first, uh, which is, of course, making it more usable, getting beyond the individual account follow model, allowing people to follow topics. Uh, The What's Happening Now feature does that to an extent, but it's very much tied to a current short-term event rather than an ongoing topic or trend, uh, something of interest over a longer period of time. So baby steps, but moving in the right direction there at least. Number two, again from BuzzFeed, uh, Uber is reorganizing its engineering team under a project called Project Arc uh, with the intention of making it more efficient and coordinated. And there's really two problems that are being addressed here. One is that teams have grown up over time. They've often worked on the same things without knowing what other teams are working on and done duplicative work. And that was unintentional, simply disorganization. Uh, The second part of this is that in Uber's hyper-aggressive culture, uh, it often deliberately had two teams working on the same thing and effectively competing with each other, which may in some ways lead to better results, but creates this internal tension and uh, dislike between teams and so on, which isn't particularly healthy. And so. As part of both the cost-cutting effort and the attempt to reform the culture at Uber, uh, the company started a project last month which is intended to start to address some of this to have a single engineering team working together in a much more coordinated and efficient way. No plan for any layoffs here. This is mostly about making sure the people that are there are working as efficiently as possible and working in a more cooperative rather than competitive way. Number three, this story has been floating around for a little while now uh, about some Windows OEMs uh, speculating that Microsoft would kill off the Surface product line at some point in the near future, supposedly because of losses and various other things, supposedly because it wasn't being successful in the market. Um, This always seemed to me, at least on the face of it, ridiculous, given that these are competitors to the Surface. Yes, they're also partners to Microsoft, but they clearly compete with the Surface, have every interest in suggesting that it's not doing well, that it's losing money and that it's going to go away soon. And yet this is given an amazing amount of credibility by press and so on. And uh, to the extent that Panos Panay, who runs hardware at Microsoft, finally had to come out and say no, The Surface line is not going away. And that should have been obvious on the face of it. This is a line that Microsoft just added to this year and upgraded existing devices, at least one more upgrade to the line coming before the end of the year as well. Um, And it's a line that it's said repeatedly is profitable, at least at a gross margin level and where gross margins have actually been growing, at least as of the beginning of this year, which is the last time Microsoft provided explicit commentary on the point. So shouldn't have needed debunking. Glad they finally did it. Hopefully we can all move on now. Number four, linking here to a story from Axios, but this was covered widely today. NVIDIA announced a new, basically, mini computer for autonomous cars. Uh, which is going to be the processing engine for everything that happens in those cars so that all that processing can happen locally rather than having to happen remotely and uh, data being transmitted over the air and so on. Uh, That, of course, creates some vulnerabilities and potential uh, downfalls if connectivity goes out. Uh, If you've ever seen the picture of a trunk of an autonomous car, you know what the current state of things is. There's a massive array of computers in there, usually lots of flashing lights, really big, bulky stuff, which... When you're trying to design a car, the weight and the space constraints, that's not what you want. In addition, because of that massive processing power, it's uh, quite uh, energy intensive as well. And so you need to power both that and the car itself from whatever fuel you're using, whether that's gas or electric. Um, And that's not an ideal situation either. So NVIDIA uh, is claiming to have made a big step forward here. Its new unit is uh, footprint-wise the size of a license plate, obviously thicker than a license plate, uh, but only a little bit. And uh, it's promising this is a big step forward. And NVIDIA is already kind of the leader in this sort of uh, processing space here for autonomous driving, while other players like Qualcomm's strongest on the connectivity side, uh, mobile eye and therefore Intel's stronger on the sort of sensor side of things. Uh, but NVIDIA, a very strong player with this area and uh, seems to be doubling down on that advantage. Number five, uh, Snapchat today announced a new feature, which I think is one of its biggest new features in quite a while, actually. It's called Context Cards, and this basically means that when there's a snap, in other words, a video or a photo that a user posts uh, to the app, when you're viewing that snap, if it's tied to a specific location, uh, whether it's a restaurant or something else like that, you can know, swipe up on that snap, and you'll see a lot of information about that location. So you'll see an address, a phone number, the restaurant, you'll be able to see reviews from a number of different sites and book a table um, if it's a destination that you might want to go to, you can navigate to it and book an Uber or Lyft from within the app. Uh, so there, there is integrations in this additional value and context provided around uh, these location-based snaps. And so this is another step by Snap to move beyond its native formats into additional contextual information, linking out... Uh, which is something it added earlier this year. And so uh, clear revenue opportunities that come with all of that in the future as well. Um, But interesting new model for them, uh, trying to broaden out their appeal and so on. Again, as with other features they've introduced recently, this doesn't feel particularly hard for anybody else to copy. Uh, So not sure how sustainable the differentiator it'll be, but certainly adds value uh, to the usage of the app. Number six, CNBC has a story about Amazon working on uh, doing deliveries to people's cars and homes when they're not present. Uh, And so a partnership with a company called Frame, which seems to be owned by Bosch, and that's coming out with a smart locker for cars that gets hidden behind your license plate, which you unlock with a smartphone app or with a code, uh, and which can be used to deposit things or even for you just to leave your keys in your car while you go for a run or something like that. Um, this is a a partnership that Amazon's looking at doing so they could deliver into the trunk of people's cars. So the delivery person would use a special code to unlock that little locker, get the key out, unlock the trunk, put a box in there, close it up, and then uh, lock things up again. Uh, Also supposedly working on what uh, CNBC calls a smart doorbell, but presumably has to also be a smart lock where the delivery person could get into somebody's house and deposit a package there. Um, That might sound frightening to some people, but it deals with a very real issue, which is package theft, uh, especially in places where uh, there's a lot of foot traffic around a place where packages are left outdoors. Uh, Amazon obviously has a very strong incentive to solve this problem, but Walmart announced something similar with uh, August, the smart lock company, last month, as well as a trial in Silicon Valley, so something we're probably going to see more of. Uh, Number seven, Microsoft has added Cortana to Skype. Uh, this is something that was actually announced at Build last year. So it's been a long time in coming. This was part of their big bots announcement at Builds 2016, but it's only now finally arriving in Skype as part of the broader redesign of Skype and the refocusing on the sort of messaging aspects of it. Uh, this is not the voice version of Cortana, which I think a lot of us attempted to think of Cortana as just the voice assistant equivalent to Siri and so on. Uh, Cortana and Microsoft's actually the whole set of AI capabilities and so on and the knowledge graph and stuff behind that voice assistant as well. And it's really that part that's coming to play here in skype so there's no voice component this is just within the messaging side of skype and this is about giving you smart replies so if somebody types something if you've ever used an ios app uh where there's uh, back and forth they give you smart replies so you can respond to stuff that people have said um it's like that but then it also offers up useful information so if you're discussing a movie it might give you a link to the movie review if you're talking about a restaurant it might give you uh, reviews of the restaurant and so on and so uh It's similar in some ways to what Snap announced today with context cards in that it offers up context-based information that adds value to the interactions you're already having socially. So basically AI inserting itself into human-to-human interaction, which is an interesting new trend that I think we're going to see a lot more of. Number eight, Apple has signed a deal uh, for a reboot of a TV show from the 1980s called Amazing Stories, which was created by Steven Spielberg. It only ran for two seasons, never had huge ratings. uh, and It's a long time ago now, over 30 years since it debuted. Um, I actually watched the first episode earlier in the background while I was doing work. It's sort of a sci-fi type Twilight Zone sort of show, but perhaps with a younger audience in mind. Uh, Steven Spielberg is obviously a big name, even if the show's name isn't a big one for most people. Uh, And this is really the first big commitment that Apple's made after hiring two Sony TV executives and demonstrating that it's much more serious about this space. So this represents the first step in the move beyond the early stuff they did with Planet of the Apps, Carpool, Karaoke, a couple of music documentaries, stuff that's very tied to its ecosystem in terms of music and apps versus just being really good original video content. So this is very promising. $5 million an episode is the budget, apparently. So... Big bet by Apple here. Excited to see what else comes out of all of this. Uh, number nine, another story about Apple. This, uh, I'm linking here to a story by Felix Krauser. He's a developer that works on Apple's platforms. And he uh, raised an issue. It's not new as such. It's one I've wondered about a lot myself. Um, it's a long-running issue with iOS where it pops up seemingly random dialogue boxes asking you to put in your Apple ID password. And this is the system just reconfirming your identity to power some kind of system services. The problem is there's never any indication of why it's happening, and it often pops up when you're inside an app. And uh, the point that Felix Krauser makes here, which is a very legitimate one, is uh, that if you're in an app and it was t- uh, the app was malicious and was to pop up a very similar-looking dialog box, uh, you'd have really no way of knowing whether that came from Apple or not just by the looking at it. And so this is a an issue in iOS that creates a potential vulnerability. There's no evidence it's been exploited just yet, but it could easily be exploited, and it's one that Apple really needs to fix. Especially given how much Apple emphasizes privacy and security. This really feels like uh, something of a miss for them. As I say, a problem that I've seen before and wondered about often. Uh, easy fixes available. He suggests several in this blog post, uh, but something that Apple should fix quickly. Number 10, a story from Business Insider about Google acquiring a podcast app called 60DB. Uh, it's a podcast app it's been around for a while certainly not one of the biggest ones out there but it has an interesting focus on sort of shorter form audio and that kind of thing interestingly a few weeks back this company announced that it had been acquired by google through a medium blog post was clearly unfinished, had various sort of uh, parentheses in it saying, add this later, um, but accidentally published that a few weeks back and then quickly pulled it down, but not before somebody spotted it. So this was actually written about a few weeks back, but the acquisition has now closed. Uh, that early post suggested that this app was going to become part of Google News rather than Google Music, which is where Google's current podcasts effort sits. So that's an interesting spin, makes me wonder whether it's going to end up being part of Google Home rather than part of Google Music, which would be interesting. Um, But we'll see how that pans out over the next few months. The app itself is going to shut down in November. Presumably will show up in some Google services after that. And then number 11, another sort of Google and Home-related story, this one from Android Police. There have been one or two reviews of Google Home Mini that have come out over the last few days. It doesn't seem to be a big... Uh, have been a big embargo release where lots of uh, reviews came out at once. I have seen one or two reviews, mostly positive. Uh, This one, though, highlights a big issue, which Google has now apparently fixed through software, the reviewer at Android Police found that his Google Home Mini was recording basically everything he said and sending it back to Google servers. And it's clearly not the way this device is supposed to work. Turned out the issue was that it felt that speaker felt that its button was being constantly depressed, the button that acts as an alternative to just saying, hey Google, um, and as such was recording everything and sending it back to Google servers. And this is kind of the nightmare scenario for a device like this, which makes many people nervous. Anyway, this the idea that This device could be listening constantly for a wake word, but the idea that it could be recording everything is obviously far worse. Google solved the problem in a software patch by basically disabling that button entirely until it can figure out a more permanent fix for it. It Sounds like this certainly hasn't affected all of these devices. It may just be a very small number of them, but it clearly, Google took it seriously enough to disable that function on all of them, which will actually reduce the functionality a little bit, even for those devices that don't have an issue, but probably better to be safe than sorry in this case. That's the last of the 11 items from the site today, just four items in the roundup here at the end, other things you might be interested in reading. CNBC has details from their uh, big survey in which they've asked, among other things, about how many many Apple devices a household owns and found that uh, many households in pretty much every different demographic, so over 50% in almost all demographics, own at least one Apple device. And obviously, the wealthier you get, the larger the number of Apple devices per household and vice versa. Um, But lots of interesting data in there about Apple device ownership and how that's changed over the last few years and how pervasive those devices are now. The Wall Street Journal has a piece about Jeff Wilkie, who is uh, an Amazon executive who owns a big chunk of the Amazon business, actually. And first time I really became aware of him was when the Whole Foods deal closed and he was the executive who was quoted talking about it rather than Jeff Bezos. Uh, So interesting detail here about his role at Amazon and how prominent he's become and how important he is to that business, even though he has a fairly low profile uh, outside of Amazon. Thirdly, the New York Times has a piece about Disney's bet on um, MLBAM, the MLB Advanced Media Unit that was created under uh, Major League Baseball originally and is now owned by uh, Disney. At least majority stake is owned by Disney and is the sort of foundation for their big push into streaming services over the next couple of years. So interesting details in there about that. And then lastly, a piece from Mashable about Flipboard, which is a news app, uh, similar in in many ways, but a precursor to Apple News, uh, but cross-platform, been going for a long time, actually has a surprisingly large number of active users. So interesting details there about some changes they're making, opening up their platform and so on. So worth a read if you're interested in that space. As usual, links to all of those items and the ones I talked about earlier in the show notes for you. And we'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Bye-bye.